Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, everybody, welcome back. Today's episode is going to be one that, you know what? I'm just going to say it. It's juicy. It's juicy. And I'm going to let that be the pun that we use for this episode. And we're not going to feel ashamed about it. Please welcome Zoe and Nyanka from Bloody Bitches. And today we're talking about freaking periods. Thank you for having us. Uh, I just am so excited to get into this. Now, Nyanka, how did you guys kind of come together? How do you know each other? And how did this start? So, okay. So it started like three and a half, close to four years ago. Um, I was a sophomore in college. I was on my period. um, And I was having like, I've never had like super intense cravings at this point. Um, And I just started having like really intense cravings and my cramps were really bad. And I was talking um, to my partner at the time, and I was telling him, I was just like, yo, like, I feel like there's really nothing out here for people that menstruate, like, to just, like, make them feel good and just, like, just, like, cute little packages, like, to take care of themselves or whatever like that. But also, at the time, I wasn't knowledgeable that there were, like, a couple, like, subscription mm-hmm. brands that had, like, treats, but they weren't in the way that I envisioned it. And so, like, I had started making these uh, boxes at the time with like cute little goodies and stuff like that. And I think it was called the dot box. I love that. Or whatever. <laughs> and so I started doing that just to just like test it out. And then I kind of like let go of it. And then I came back. It's like junior year now. And I had switched majors and my minor was now entrepreneurship. And we had to like in our entrepreneurship classes, you had to like make a business and like always like pitch it to your class. And like we would get in groups and you'd always have to pick the person that had like the best business idea to pitch. And I always kept getting picked. (laughs) And so like I started pitching it in the class, but it wasn't even fully fleshed out because I wasn't even sure this is what I wanted to do. It was just truly like an idea I had. And Zoe was just like came up to me like after class and she was just like, I'm so here for this. Like this needs to be talked about more. Like, yeah, like like, let me know how I can help. And like da 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 da. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but okay. 
it's crazy though because like in the time span that Zoe asked to like be a part of this to the time that we actually started really like working together it was probably like a semester yeah it was yeah semester like six months in between before I was like okay like I want you to help me, but bear with me because I don't really know what I'm doing or what I necessarily want to do because I wasn't actually sure. Like, yes, I was sure of the idea, but I didn't necessarily know that was the route that I wanted to go. And it's crazy because like between the time Zoe and I started working together and then the time that Bloody Bitches actually like formed, which was in September of 2019, Zoe and I literally did so much research and just talking to each other and talking with just people in the community that have just other organizations. and we slowly strayed away from like the subscription model and just like everything. And it just completely turned into a community organization where we just give out menstrual products for free. And it's just like, like, like when I tell you like Zoe and I have literally like, and it just naturally happened. And I don't know, just like the, the way it's just transformed is just crazy. And yeah, we're just, we're just truly to all we do is just give out menstrual products for free and just center things around like menstruation and menstruators and just making sure that we create safe spaces for them. Um, whether it's on our Instagram, whether it's in person workshops, whatever our sole purpose is truly just creating safe spaces for menstruators, specifically, um, black menstruators and black queer menstruators. Wow. And that was phenomenal. Thank you for starting that. And thank you for also labeling menstruators, because that's one thing that we really had to see an industry change in. Everything was targeted towards women. They were called feminine products. And, you know, we know now, as we've learned through things that there is actually, you know, male menstruators, we have, you know, folks like Kenny Ethan Jones, which is an incredible trans advocate who also, you know, talks about being a man who has a period. And it really opened, I I mean, it opened my eyes to how much we did really label it that way. And now kind of seeing that movement change. So I just love, I just love how language can make such a difference. And I just love that you say straight up menstruators. That's, that was really beautiful. Now, Zoe, I'm Mm -hmm. curious because you now have seen your classmate do a presentation or whatever on period stuff. And you're just like, yep, that's it. What drew you into periods? I feel like I've just always had this, like, want to like dive into kind of taboo topics. Mm. And I feel like the way she just presented it, I just really liked her personality. I was like, she, she's going to do something. We can do something together. I just want to know more about this. It, It just really intrigued me. And we obviously, we did have to do a lot of research and even the two of us had to change our language. Um, like the menstruators thing and even with other things that we maybe weren't aware of, like mm. assigned female at birth. Like we learn a lot of terms along the way and we're constantly evolving and growing. And we put that energy into bloody bitches. So it's just constantly evolving. And like she said, from when we started to where we are now is so different. We just completely switched because we even at one point, we focus on sustainability too, um, because we know that that's very important and FDA regulations and chlorine and products and bleach and all the things like it's so bad. And we were considering, oh, cloth pads. And then we shifted away from that. And we were like, let's just focus on the organization, community aspect of things. So it's really just an evolving thing that's happening. Now, do you find it difficult when it comes to kind of that conversation between sustainability and also period poverty, knowing that, you know, the sustainable products are a lot more expensive? And and even though 
I mean, this was a huge hangup that so many people had when I first started having conversations around the Diva Cup. I mean, it changed my life, mm-hmm. the Diva Cup. And then going into leak-proof underwear, like Nixwear, yeah. it really was life-changing. But a lot of people didn't have that initial startup cost, even though it would save so much money over time. Yeah. And then you have conversations around sustainability and the fact that like there are so many things in period products that can really be detrimental for some. And then, you know, we bring in period poverty into the mix and it, and it kind of gets a little confusing. How have you guys sort of navigated through, um, that, or even just like your own feelings about it? Has that, Mm -hmm. has that brought up a lot for you? Yes, for sure. Because in our initial research, it was very much like, okay, we can solve period poverty. We could just give our fellow menstruators that need it menstrual cups or, you know, like period underwear. And then we did more research and we realized maybe people, some people don't have access to washing machines yeah. or even running water. So yeah. it becomes like this nonstop like web and it's really hard to solve. But something that we advocate for and think about a lot is if you can afford sustainable products, do buy sustainable products because our friends in lower income areas are often affected by pollution and environmental changes more than wealthier areas. So they're feeling the effects more of you buying plastic tampons mm. where you might not see the effect. So we do encourage if you can afford to buy sustainable products to do so. And then something else that we try to do is we do try to collect products that are cleaner So there are certain brands, I don't know if I can say brand names, but there are certain brands, you know, that are 100% cotton. So we do love getting those donations and we like purchasing those things rather than purchasing some other brands that might have harmful chemicals. That is actually such a good answer. And I think that it, it really ties into diet culture a lot as well. We talk about, you know, food poverty and a lot of times and Um, there's another word for it. I can't even remember what it is, but just the fact of like so many communities lack access to fresh foods. And yet in diet culture and in diet industries, that is like the morality is around, like, if you just eat better, then you live better and you have, and people are like, well, there's literal entire communities that are kilometers and kilometers away from even having access to that type of food and that type of thing. So stripping away the morality from it and just making it be, you know, if you can, and should you choose as opposed to this is the good and this is the bad and here's the moral line to it. So I really love the way you kind of navigate that. All right, let's take a pause to talk about one of today's sponsors because just because you're grown up doesn't mean you've outgrown bedtime stories. Whether you want a story to turn you on or wind you down for better sleep, Dipsy helps you get in touch with yourself for some extra sweet dreams. And trust me, it works really, really well. But what is Dipsy? Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there. Find stories about off-limit hookups with your professor or a costume party that takes things to the next level, or maybe a story where your partner tells you exactly what to do or you try a new toy together. They release new stories every week, so there's always more to explore, pun intended, no matter who you are or what you're into and what turns you on. Dipsy also has wellness sessions to help you learn more about yourself and bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. It actually is so magical. 
And for listeners of today's show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash papaya. That's 30 days of free trial, whether you're relaxing, whether you're looking to get yourself revved up when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash papaya. One more time, that's dipsystories.com slash papaya. Hopefully you can try it out and enjoy it as much as I have. Now let's get back to the show. I used to care so much about portraying a perfect life and acting like everything was okay when really things were far from it. I was secretly battling anxiety, depression, and an eating disorder. So it was a lot. I'm Victoria Garrick, former Division I athlete, mental health advocate, and host of RealPod. Every Wednesday, I sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, and more to talk about the inner thoughts and feelings that we're all struggling with. So leave the filters and facetunes at the door and join me on RealPod. Now, when I first got introduced to you both and Bloody Bitches, you asked me to take the Bloody Bitches Challenge, which was tell the story of my first period. And I want to hear yours. (laughs) Okay, I can go first. So I was, I think it was sixth grade summer. I was 11. (laughs) And it was, I literally, like, I didn't feel, well, I don't remember feeling anything before it, but I just woke up one morning. And I went to pee and then I wiped. Like, I literally was just like, oh, I'm bleeding. And like, I felt weird. And I always, I've always felt like, even like when I was like a child, I truly just wanted to stay a child for a really long time. And not in the way that I was immature, because I was like very mature. But like, I just really enjoyed being a child. And I knew that as soon as I got my period, because of the way it was so emphasized in my culture, that as soon as you get your period, you're developing, you're developing into a woman. And there was just so much mm. emphasis on it. And like, it kind of just made me like, feel like, uh, like, like, dang, like I got this. Now I can't be a child anymore. <laughs> so like, that's literally how I felt. And I just went downstairs. And like my mom was like hanging up clothes on like our clothing line. And I just told her and she was just like, like okay like you got your period and I was like yeah and then like she went and got me like pads and stuff uh thankfully and she then was like telling everybody and their moms like my god like we were Haitian so we speak uh Haitian Creole she's like on the phone like ah and I'm like child like girl what are you doing (laughs) and stuff and it was just like it made it more uncomfortable and like I was just like uh and maybe some people don't feel that way but like that's truly how I felt just like I just didn't like the feeling of knowing that like like I'm not like a kid I didn't feel like a kid anymore and I feel like that's what just a lot of young menstruators and also just like just young children go through like just that feel like especially in spaces that aren't like safe I'm not saying that I wasn't in a safe space but specifically the way that like media and society often what's the word is it adultification like when they make you feel like you're I've never heard that word but I love it I feel like we're just gonna go with it no I don't want to <laughs> it might not be the word <laughs> adulting it might not be the word but it's uh especially just the way that like again like awesome so I'm gonna get to you, but like, just like how like black girls in the media are often portrayed and like over sexualized mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's just like that kind of like uncomfortability. And so like, not that my mom made me like, um, and just, like she intentionally like made me feel uncomfortable. I'm sure she wasn't sure she was doing it, but it was just like, it was kind of like, uh, like, I don't want to feel like 
that right now. Yeah. So that's my first period story. <laughs> I, I love that. And I love that you bring in, you know, the discomfort of it. And I think a lot of what you're doing and the work that you're doing is really hopefully going to raise up generations that don't experience it that same way. Now, Zoe, tell us yours. I'm into this now. <laughs> I know it's kind of exciting, like hearing people. Right. Stories, right? It is. Everyone has a different take. Like this is, this isn't mine, but I had a friend, I'll, I'll say it quickly. I had a friend that basically she got her period and her older sister and her mother got a banner and put it in front of the house that said got her period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's hilarious. But mine actually, I woke up on Christmas morning, talk about a present <gasps> and at least it was wrapped in red. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was, I was kind of confused. Like I knew what it was, but I instantly felt embarrassed mm. and I hated that feeling. It was like kind of uncomfortable. And I, I didn't want to tell my mother. I was just kind of like, ah, oh, like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe it. And they could, they could tell I was off that day, I think too. And then I eventually told her and she was like, okay, that's fine. I have pads for you and the thing, like, thank goodness she had that. But I mean, she was excited. She's like, oh, okay, cool. But I was so uncomfortable to tell her initially. Um, and we're a really open household too. It's mm. part of our culture. It's part of, you know, just who we are. And I was terrified. So it's interesting that we feel this way. And I really do hope that future generations don't feel that like discomfort and embarrassment and just because now I don't care. Like yeah. even in school, when you have like, I used to like hide tampons in my like sleeves or in my boots. Yeah, it was such a move. Like you had yeah. that, you had that technique down. I used to pay extra money for the ones that didn't crinkle sound. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just to, yeah, yeah, just to like truly like hide hide it because it's like I don't know. It's just there's like this shameful thing surrounding it, and there really shouldn't be. But now I'm at the point where it's just like I don't care. I'll say I have my period. Like yesterday, I I, I was with my dad and. He said something, said something about going to the beach. And I was like, oh, my period. Hold on. Give me a second. Like, yeah. And- right. I feel like for me, it wasn't, it's not even like the blood, like, like that stuff. It wasn't, that wasn't shameful for me. It was truly just like, I just like feel like just the way they emphasize mm. like the womanhood, the like you are an adult yeah. now, at least for me, what I experienced. So I was just like, okay, like I'm in middle school. Like I don't want to be like thingy. But then when I got to high school, I literally like never hit it. Like I don't, I did not care at Wow. That's, that's so good. I, I don't know when I stopped hiding it. I know that, you know, you guys, I, I've told my story before on, on yours, but for me, I was in the seventh grade and everybody wanted to have their period. It was like the cool <laughs> thing. There was rumors that went around that like girls faked it by putting ketchup in their underwear. <gasps> I don't know who's like, it was the cool thing to have, but I remember being moody as f that one day and I went to the bathroom and I remember being shocked because I wiped and it was black so I was like what is this mm-hmm. and then it hit me this is your period and I had one friend who I knew for sure had her period and I went to her and she was like all I have are tampons and I'm like I don't even think I can use that I don't even know what <laughs> and it was the OB ones that didn't have the applicator so I was that was so intimidating oh. to me So we found a quarter from somebody and I bought a pad out of like the machine in the bathroom at school in middle school. And the pad was like an inch thick and I was so uncomfortable. And I kept thinking I'm bleeding out so excessively because at that point I was a little bit young. My sister is 
almost two years older than me and she had just gotten her period. So I feel like because she was being educated and stuff, I was like, oh, I've got two years. Like, and I think our mm-hmm. whole family kind of operated like that. Like, oh, we've got two years. It's it's not coming for a while. I didn't know. I, I was really, I knew the kind of information about it, but I didn't know to the point of, you know, what it should, what it might look like in the beginning. I like, I didn't know it could be black. I didn't know how much blood came as fast as it did or how it would work. So in my head, I was bleeding full pads worth every 20 minutes. And I kept running to the bathroom. I had a substitute teacher that day. I kept running to the bathroom and excusing myself. And, and I came home from school and my parents were really big on like, let's just be really open and cool about it. Mm -hmm. And that meant we had to go out for ice cream to celebrate. So my father sat there eating ice cream being like, okay, (laughs) bye. (laughs) I will say I wasn't like super embarrassed, but there was an element of like, oh gosh, everybody knows. Everybody knows that this is happening. And then to have the layer of, of that, you know, your, your parental units being in that as well. And there's a level of excitement for them. And then it's also like embarrassed. You could, I could sense the embarrassment from my dad, right. Which understandably so he wasn't super educated in them either. And then ever since then, though, I will say this because we broke through that barrier, having ice cream together and and kind of celebrating it. (laughs) I ended up having really extreme periods all through high school. And every time I would call my dad, and I'd be like, I've got my period. I need to get picked up. And he would always, always come and pick me up from school. And so as much as that first breakthrough was kind of difficult, it really helped me start start having those conversations. I have to tell you firsthand how huge baby wearing has been for us in our home. Having a little baby who loves to be held, who loves to be cared for, who wants to be close to mom and dad's chest, baby wearing has really helped us keep our lives going and moving by having her on us while still having our hands. Studies have shown that babies worn regularly cry over 40% less as well, which is why today I want to talk about belugababy.com. Now, Beluga Baby is actually a wrap. It's a super soft bamboo fabric that wraps around you and your baby, allowing you to carry them next to your heart, which comforts them, while giving you your hands back. So like I said, it's that hands-free baby wearing. And their story is actually super cool. Beluga Baby was created when Haley had her own newborn, literally a mom creating four moms and dads. She loved the idea of baby wearing, but couldn't find her fit. And if you've gone through baby wearing before, you know this feeling. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, some were too thick and she overheated. Some only stretched in one direction, so she felt confined. So she curated her own fabric and it is majestic. It's a special blend of mostly bamboo fibers with a touch of cotton for support and a little bit of spandex for that additional four-way stretch, which really makes a difference in comfort wear. It's love at first wear for her and her baby, and now she's got over 2,000 five-star customer reviews at Beluga Baby. If you're expecting or have a new baby or know somebody who is expecting or has a new baby, baby wearing is a powerful tool and an amazing gift, either you give to yourself or to someone else. And the scientific benefits are vast. It helps regulate baby's body temp. It helps mom's hormones even out. It provides extra oxytocin as the baby is next to your skin. For this reason, baby wearing has been known to reduce the symptoms and severity of postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. It increases the success of breastfeeding as well, if you can or choose to do so, and gives you your hands back. That is kind of the best part. You can 
you know, for me, I love to kind of get some stuff around the house. I was doing a little bit of cleaning up the other day and I just to have her on my chest sleeping. It just meant the world to be able to hold her and cuddle her while actually getting stuff done as well. Beluga Baby injects a little bit of rock and roll into the parent life as well. Everything is so stylish. They have a hugely popular, it always sells out so fast, leopard print that I just got my hands on and tie-dye prints. It is so cool. Everything is so stylish and you're actually going to be excited to be baby wearing because it actually looks like an accessory on your body. As a husband and wife team at Beluga Baby, their small business has love right at the heart of it and it comes across in everything they create, design, and put into the world. You'd truly be supporting a small business and a family. You can use code PAPAYA today for 15% off as well. Visit belugababy.com and use code PAPAYA and you're going to get 15% off. That's B-E-L-U-G-A-B-A-B-Y.com. Don't forget to use the code PAPAYA because you're going to get 15% off. And happy baby wearing. If you want to get that tie-dye or that leopard print, we can match. I also have it in pink. So if you want to get that too. (laughs) Anyways, let's get back to the show. Nayaka, one thing that you were saying, like you didn't really understand or know where that like source of almost like shame that comes around it. The one thing that really, I don't know, I kind of want to ask about as well is, do you think a lot of it comes down to the fact that we're often designed to feel like our purpose and our, in our journeys in life is, is for sexual attraction. And we know oftentimes periods are treated like the opposite of that. Periods are something that are gross. They're icky. You hide them. There's shame around them. That's the messaging around them. Do you think that a lot of times that the taboo factor of periods comes from the fact that it makes us feel like we're less sexual an object and that that's how we've been trained to feel like that was our purpose? Have you ever had conversations or, or learned anything around that? Not necessarily. I feel like I don't want to answer for everyone. That's fair. I do think that your period just naturally, like for anyone, most people kind of feel like icky and like whatever during it. So because when you're on it, you feel like less confident. Mm. I think the shame comes more from people not knowing about periods and like what it is and like what people that actually menstruate are experiencing, whatever like that. And so because of that, there's been so much ignorant stuff that has been Mm. said, whether it's, it's disgusting or whatever response that just wasn't affirming menstruators have received so much of it that like, when you do have your period, when you do get your period, I just feel like you just instantly either feel like an automatic shame and automatic needs to hide in automatic needs, just feel queasy or just weird about it instead of like a positive initial feeling. Mm. But I don't necessarily think it's because you don't view yourself as sexual Mm. anymore, but more so like. I also wonder if I ask that because it's a lot more reflective for me. I think I definitely was in relationships where until I was in a relationship that periods were not, or like sex was still acceptable with a period as opposed to ones that was like, wow, you can like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There is, I think, relationship differences And part of me realizes that that comes a lot from the education standpoint of, you know, the partner where they're at and why is it that, you know, we, we are so educated only as menstruators and not the support systems as well. I wonder now you've talked a lot about wanting to spread education around periods. 
how has that really spread for you guys? And how has it been? Has it been truly an eye-opening experience? Has it been something that you realize? Like I, even in visiting your Instagram page, learn so much. And I'm somebody who has menstruated for like 20 years. And I learned so much, even just in the color of it, whatnot. Where are we seeing kind of gaps in what is taught and the realities of periods? Have you found those gaps and do you see them? Yeah. So there's a lot. So for us, like regardless when we're doing like research and ever like Zoe and I are always like learning a lot and like so are the people like on our team, but we're also always trying to like find our own information and new information, which is a little bit harder because there's literally not, there's barely anything out, not barely anything, but like compared to like other things that are researched and studied, there's not a lot, um, especially like statistic, which I don't know if you see like anytime like someone refers to period poverty or mental inequity, it's usually like the same statistics because there's really not that many statistics out there. And then also it gets harder, like whenever we're like looking into things like just like sexual reproductive systems and everything like that, it's just always like the statistics are always, oh, like one in two, like three women or assigned female at birth. Like it's not, it doesn't involve queer people at all. So then it's just like, we want to talk to like everyone, but you can't, you can't manipulate a statistic if literally the researchers like ask people that yeah. were assigned female at mm, birth. That's such a good point. So even the data behind it is kind of flawed and because it's not yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and we can't create it. Which is- yeah. It didn't encompass everyone when mm-hmm. they were asking. But Zoe and I did. We were just like, okay, so let's make our own survey. <laughs> um, and so we created our own survey that we're still collecting data from. And it's geared towards students. So we've been sending out to students and just asking them. So the survey like asks them, like, what's your gender identity, um, sexual orientation, if you choose, your ethnicity, your race how you view menstruation. Like we have an education section. We have a section just geared towards like, like your wellness and like how you feel during it. Because that's another thing that we've also like noticed and that we like are trying to focus talking more about is that yes, like there's a lack of education in general when it comes to menstruation. But like, also I feel like a lot of the times we talk a lot about physically how we feel when we're on our periods, but we don't really talk about how mentally and emotionally we feel. Because for me personally, mentally, I feel more I feel worse like physically yes I feel worse but like mentally I just feel like I'm not in control of like my brain or my thoughts and I just feel completely everywhere and like that's for like two weeks out of the month that I feel like that mentally and so like I want to focus we want to focus on that more and talk about that more which is why we're like getting into like getting back into hosting workshops and just allowing our workshops to be like creative spaces that can like get into like the emotional mental wellness for menstruators and then what else do we and then like of course content that we have we're also trying to like since I feel like we're just very unorthodox Mm -hmm. um and we're just like more on that path of just like doing things we do content now creating stuff like talking about the moon and like how you guys feel about the moon cycle and like bringing things like yoni steaming we want to definitely just open up conversations more like instead of just like recycling the same like generic information or just like yes there's information that's important and should be relayed and like whatever but also there's so much other information that it's like, it's like you can find a little bit of it out there, but it's not talked about as much because it's unorthodox. Mm-hmm. It's not typical Western medicine or whatever. So we've been just trying to get into a lot of that. But also, Zoe, feel free to like add anything. In we also, to that point, we want it to be a conversation, right? We want people commenting. We want opinions. We want someone to say, yeah, I tried uni steaming or I want to try that or I heard this. Like we want conversations, not just throwing out facts and people digesting it. We like engagement and people 
commenting back, asking us. I, I like when people DM and ask, hey, do you know anything about X, Y, and Z? And then we can make a post about it and do research uh, for that person. And then another thing that's important to us is also having some of the basics on there because we do have to remember that not everyone has the best education surrounding like sexual health um, and reproductive systems and things like that. So we have to almost add in those things that like I might think is obvious and I might've learned it at 12 or something. Um, you might know, but maybe someone else has no idea. They have no idea that their brown period blood is normal. Mm, and mm-hmm. so something as simple as that, we want to make sure we have education surrounding that as well. So it's, it's very diverse of a space. I love that you say that because I feel like I'm a human who's constantly evolving and constantly learning. And, and even given I've had three kids before and yet coming into another one that postpartum period was shocking to me again, just the differences in it and the lack of, I didn't see anything in postpartum conversations about that postpartum period. And the fact that it's a very different type of blood, it doesn't absorb the same way. The fact that you can't actually, I couldn't use like my diva cup that I relied on for so long. So here I was researching pads for the first time in a really long time and had to learn things like cotton was better for your stitches and things like that. It it was so eye opening, And I thought, you know, this is so it's so instrumental into your first six weeks of postpartum. And yet there's like no information about it. It's almost just an exchange of words between friends. Like I had a friend who gave birth two weeks after and I was like, here's the, here's the pads, like just bypass all the mistakes I made, just prepare yourself for that. And then also try to open up those conversations on social media. And it, it surprises me how many people are like, wow, like, I can't believe you're talking about this. And it's like, well, I don't, know why we shouldn't be. I don't really understand why it still continues to be so, you know, taboo. And and I know, you know, within your own education, you continue to have these conversations around, you know, STIs about gut health, you know, things like BV, bacterial vaginosis, mm-hmm. which I've had once and was terrifying and had no access to information or had any idea what was going on. And Google was not a great servant, thought I was dying. <laughs> you know, there's so much of that. All right, let's take a final pause for one of today's sponsors because friends don't let friends live with anything less than amazing hair. And I consider myself your friend, so I need to talk about this. So think of me as your friend who wants you to be happy and try Function of Beauty. Everyone always asks me how I get my hair the blonde color it is. And I actually went on to Function of Beauty because they are the world leader in customizable beauty and they offer precise formulations for your hair's specific needs. So you actually just go through, you take a quick, thorough quiz, and you tell them a little bit about your hair type and your hair goals, such as lengthen, volume, volumize, and oil control. And because your hair changes with the season, you can actually change your hair goals before every shipment. Next, you can choose your color and fragrance or go fragrance and dye free. I go with a purple shampoo and conditioner because I like my hair toned perfectly. Then Functions team determines the perfect blend of ingredients, bottles your formula and delivers it right to you. Every ingredient Function of Beauty uses is vegan and cruelty free and they never use sulfates or parabens. So you can go completely silicone free. There are over 54 trillion possible formulations and Function of Beauty has over 50,000 real 
five-star reviews. Functional Beauty offers completely personalized formulas for body and skincare as well, so you can customize your beauty routine from hair to toe. So never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash papaya and take your quiz to save 20% off your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. Like I said, functionofbeauty.com slash papaya and let them know that we sent you and get 20% off your order functionofbeauty.com slash papaya. And trust me, when they arrive at your doorstep and you see them in your shower, not only are you going to be loving your hair, you're going to be loving how cute it looks in your shower as well, because their bottles are gorgeous. So one more time, functionofbeauty.com slash papaya. You're going to get 20% off your first order. I can't wait for you to take that quiz and discover what works best for your hair with Function of Beauty. Now let's get back to the show. At the beginning, you said that when you do this work, you do have a focus or a goal towards black menstruators. Can I ask a little bit more about why and where the kind of racial injustices are when it comes to periods? Yeah. Well, again, yeah, it would Zoe's help. Like I have Zoe on board, but like, obviously when I created this, like Mm -hmm. I'm black. So my audience and who I resonate with will always be the black community. I create things for Black people primarily. If you come into our space, if you enjoy it or like it resonates with you, cool. But like, it's always, I always primarily am talking to Black people. So that's one thing. Also, yes, the racial injustices are definitely in period poverty. And that's why, so that's another thing. The reason why Zoe and I needed to break down period poverty is because again, like other issues, it's multidimensional mm-hmm. and there's just so many factors. So First of all, there's a lot of men- like there's menstrual organizations that they create content and they create content in line with not necessarily creating a safe space for black menstruators. And they often like exclude black mm-hmm. menstruators, whether it's intentional or not, just in the way that brands have always just portrayed black menstruators or left out black menstruators in their advertisements or whatever. It's always a white woman playing tennis. Let's be real. Right. <laughs> and then just also like, yeah, it's always like, who are you talking to exactly? And then again, like going back to sustainability, like your harm, like disposable products, that where do they harm? They harm black and brown communities predominantly. And it's just like so much of that. And then when it comes to accessibility, like who are these products actually accessible to? Mm-hmm. Like who are they accessible to and who has the privileges, who has more privileges to access certain things or experience certain things or whatever. So when I created Bloody Bitches, I was just like, yeah, the space is most definitely <laughs> primarily for Black menstruators. Oh, also, also, also Black queer menstruators, because again, even though that's another thing, because although we talk about Black menstruators like that, I really need to emphasize queer menstruators mm-hmm. because they're often, Black queer folks are just often left out of the conversation yeah. a lot. So I'm super intentional about that and just super always focused on that and just truly, 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 I can't emphasize it enough, just creating space for us um, within the menstrual space. And also, also just being a Black organizer in general, we're super, super overlooked um, compared to white organizers, compared to white people of color, are super, super looked over. No, I, I'm glad you laid it out like that because it, this is this is exactly where is a great segue for us to kind of lead into how can we be involved? Even if you are a, you know, a white listener and you want to 
I don't know, get involved with something in, in terms of on a systemic, like this is systemic, obviously. And, you know, you're talking about the racial injustices that do exist, not even like in advertising, but right down to the impacts environmentally. But what you're doing is actually showing up for communities and whatnot as well. So when it comes to listeners, what is your hope for them uh, to get involved, to be, to be a part of Bloody Bitches in the movement, whether it's on the sidelines and support or whether it's truly engaged with it? What is kind of your ask and your and your call to them? Honestly, donations are always a great a great thing because we need donations, right, to mm-hmm. be able to actually purchase the products, distribute these products, and they 100% go towards that. We don't take any of it because we're a nonprofit organization. And then another thing which we had talked about before is if you can buy sustainable, buy sustainable because of course that helps mm-hmm. um, in terms of menstrual products. So obviously, if you have the privilege, if you have the privilege, if you're white, open your wallets, open your pockets, mm-hmm. support, support menstrual organizations, support specifically black menstrual organizations. Also, in ways that you can truly just support us is, I would say, spreading the word, like just sharing what mm-hmm. we do, sharing our initiative mm-hmm. um, to people. We accept both monetary and in-kind donations. Also, like just learning more about truly what I want people to do is just learn more about menstruation and like what menstruators go through because you can't you can't best support someone or be there for someone if you're not necessarily knowledgeable about it. Mm-hmm. So just getting in conversations and becoming more willing to be in conversations with people or just talking more about it with um, people that menstruate and like learning more about it. Um, I would also say you could support us obviously like supporting the shows that we care about and like we talk about too, because like on our page too, we also just like post other like mutual aid work because mutual aid efforts in general are super important, especially like you could see during the pandemic, how many like mutual aid organizations just popped up. So supporting those, those organizations and initiatives. Following you on Instagram so you can continue to put those asks out. I'm going to yes. just interject that. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram Buddy bitches, um, bitches is B T C H E S. Yes, we added the E in. <laughs> and also, we just created a TikTok, so follow us on TikTok. Ooh, it's the, yeah. the same at yes. Uh, we're just creating content, obviously, right. surrounding like menstruation, mm-hmm. sexual health. Um, very lighthearted, educational. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, if you follow us on Instagram, you, you know the scheme, you know the vibe, you know the scene. So it's pretty much that on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Just stay tuned for the things that we have coming up. We have a lot of educational content coming up. The we workshops. Have also- We have like a big thing coming up as well, but we're just, again, always just trying to be more accessible to everyone in our community. We're always just learning. So also, listen, we're always like, we love engaging and having conversations with people. We're not always right um, or anything like that. So if you see something or if you like, just send it to us or just talk to us, like we love having conversations. Like you can literally be like, this is wrong. Like maybe, and we'll be like, oh, okay. So like, let's talk about it. Why is it wrong? We want to learn. We want to make sure that, we're evolving too. We're not perfect, but we definitely always want to make sure we're putting out like the right information when we are sharing mm-hmm. it. But just like, again, it's a safe space that we're creating, a space to learn. So yeah. That's amazing. I, I really, truly admire what you're both doing. Thank you so much. Definitely Buddy Bitches is truly, truly, truly my baby. I love it. At the same time, it's my baby though. I wish we didn't have to do this work because we shouldn't have to be yeah. doing this work. But we're also- But we're willing to. We're and happy yep. to continue doing it until- America and the world gets it together. (laughs) Uh, That's incredible. Well, I'm making a commitment to y'all and uh, all of today's sponsorships. I am going to donate to bloody bitches. So uh, hopefully I can start being a regular contributor to you both as well, because I really do believe in your work. And I know that even just hearing about it a little bit more and understanding it a little bit more 
I don't think I've ever taken the time to really dive into exactly how you guys are so showing up and serving these communities. And so I really respect what you're doing. And I hope that um, others listening today will kind of be called to do the same to really, you know, push forward what you're doing in this community movement that you've got going. And thank you so much. Thank you for thank you for pitching to me. And thank you for, you know, bringing this to a podcast where you know, predominantly, I don't know. I don't know the base of my listeners whatsoever. I shouldn't even try, but we all need to, we all need to, I shouldn't say that we're mostly menstruators. I'm assuming that, but you know, either we are a menstruator or we know one, and this is something that affects everybody, but there are very obviously vulnerable communities within that. And you are serving them. And that's maybe outside of our own personal reach, but you all have, uh, you're there, you're in the work and I, I really love what you're doing. And so, yeah, that's, that's that. And I encourage everyone listening today, just go check out their Instagram. They have been working for a year on this, and it is really incredible how they're truly expanding in the conversations, in the education, and so much more. I feel like we're going to see you both in a in a couple of years, and Bloody Bitches just, just continue to be this really big community builder. And yeah, so thank you both so much for what you do and for bringing this conversation to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having us on and allowing us to have this conversation. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh. Just love you both. Okay, everyone listening, we're going to see you again next week. Bye. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.